Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. I think people need to hear an encouraging message and, and about how much God loves them. That no matter what's happened to them, and it's a, I think it's a universal story that's always needed, that people are searching. They just want that kind of everlasting, unconditional love, and that's what it shows in this film. And that film is Redeeming Love, based off a novel that Francine Rivers wrote 30 years ago. It's remained on multiple fiction bestseller lists for over 15 years and has been published in more than 30 languages. And now it's headed to the big screen. We're joined today by Francine. She's going to share with us how this all came to be, what it was like to watch her book go from paper to the big screen, and why you should check it out. We're joined today by Francine Rivers. She's a New York Times bestselling author. She's published numerous novels, all bestsellers, and she has continued to win both industry acclaim and reader loyalty around the globe. Most recently, one of her best-selling novels has been transformed into a film. One of your best-selling books is Redeeming Love, and now that book is being turned into a film. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, well, it's been a long time coming. The book was at, was uh, released like 30 years ago. So we had <laughs> a number of different companies want to make a movie, but the scripts were never right. Uh, and I ended up working with Cindy Bond uh, Mission Pictures, and I thought I wanted to write a script that was a sample of what I was looking for, and they liked it. So um, they we're using that script. And then I've worked with DJ Caruso, who's the director and we restructured it and then worked on some of the scenes. So I've been really involved in it um, very, very closely from the beginning. And it's going to be released on the 21st of January. So we're really thrilled about that. It's been a long time coming. So as you said, it's been a long time coming. What makes now such a good time to release this on the big screen? Well, I think people need to hear an encouraging message and, and about how much God loves them, that no matter what's happened to them, and it's a, I think it's a universal story that's always needed, that people are searching um, and want, they just want that kind of everlasting, unconditional love. And that's what it shows in this film. Now, I, I think most people listening, our audience, they're going to know the story Redeeming Love. Most of them are super excited, right? But for those who are unfamiliar, this has a, a biblical story tied to it. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yes, it's uh, based on the book of Hosea, which had a, a great impact on my life. That was really the book that got through to me. I grew up in the church, um, but you could be sitting in the pew and not really be a Christian, not really understand God's love. And I went studying the book of Hosea was what just broke through all my walls. But it's really the story of a, in the Bible, it's a prophet is told by God to marry a prostitute. And it's his relationship with her that is showing uh, his God's relationship to his people of how much he loves them. And Michael is um, kind of, he loves Angel in a Christ-like way. He marries her, but it, it takes him a long time to woo her and win her love. And I think we're all like that. You know, we're defiant and, and fighting against, and nobody's going to tell me how to live my life until we realize that, um, you know, God knows us so well and gives us gifts, and, and he has a plan for our lives that's better than any plan we can have for ourselves. 
Yeah, there's this bitter, uh, beautiful, pardon me, beautiful picture in uh, the book of Hosea of God pursuing his people no matter what. Have you have you experienced that pursuit of God in your own life? Oh, definitely. I look back on my life and you know, when you become a Christian, you can look back and see where God was there over and over again, reaching out to you and, and calling to you. And we tend to turn away. Um, and then when we finally do turn to him, then it all makes sense. It's that scarlet thread, I think, through our whole lives. Your story in in itself is amazing. It wasn't until your late 30s and into your 30s that you really were able to have that relationship with God. Can you just share a little bit about that with us? Uh, yes. Well, I I was a writer in the general market writing steamy historical romances. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and Rick and I were struggling in our marriage and we moved up to Northern California. He was starting a family business, Rivers Aviation Services. And it was a little boy next door that came over and invited us to church. He was like eight years old and said, I got a church for you. And that church, the pastor was teaching straight through the Bible. And I hadn't experienced that in the church that I'd grown up in where he would teach, uh, here is the scripture. This is what the historical context, this is what it's saying. And this is what it means to you today. And that just broke me open. Um, Mm. So that was really the start of the whole thing. And then then coming to the Minor Prophets and, and discovering Hosea, you can hear the story of Jesus, but sometimes it's something else that actually opens your eyes to see who he is and who God is. You know, the story of Redeeming Love, like your book, it's been so well received and a lot of people are so excited to see the film. I have noticed at times a little bit of pushback from others as well, like some people in, in Christian ministries saying things like the book is too sexual and things like that. What's your view and response to some of those thoughts, if you don't mind? Well, I kind of wonder if they've read the Song of Solomon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, God invented sex. He invented that kind of love and passion. He has. He talks about us as his bride, the bride of Christ. But it, the movie is tasteful, but I mean, there are there are two steamy scenes in there that are in the book that they're much they're much tamer in the movie but because it's visual it can it can hit you as wow um but it's married love it's it shows that you know he has wooed her and waited for her to love him before the marriage is consummated and i think it's important especially in our our cultures today where people are hooking up and they're you know they're thinking that that um, Eros is love, and it's not. And so the love scenes in this movie are really showing, you know, the difference between, you know, love outside of marriage and what it should be within marriage. I think, you know, it's one thing for us to read all the stories of the Bible, right? But if we visualize them and put them on the big screen, we would be shocked by a lot of things that are in Scripture, right? especially the violence that that's been one of the things that I've been so surprised about that some of the pushback about the love scene between a man, you know, a husband and his wife, but there was no real pushback about the fact that that angel is sold into prostitution at the age of eight. Hmm. That I think would be shocking. And that's happening today. Yeah. That the sex trafficking. Uh, When I wrote the book, I had no idea that sex trafficking was going on. I thought I was writing about something that happened 150 years ago. 
And it's been over the last 30 years where I've heard from people that they've been writing to me and I've had ministries contact me of how this book touches people that are survivors of sex trafficking. And that, you know, it's the most common age is from 11 to 14. So it's, it's appalling, but it's going on on a massive level and even higher since COVID. You said it took quite some time to take this book and change it into a script so that it can go onto the big screen. Did you struggle at all when you were writing the script for the movie? Did you feel extra pressure at all? Um, yeah, I did. Well, and also when I wrote the book, the first 50 pages of Angel's life as a child and what happened to her kind of sets it up so that the reader would understand what her mindset is and why at the age of 18. But you don't want to do that on a movie because if you see that, if, you know, I wrote the script as a linear script. It, it goes straight through the story just like it does in the book. But that wouldn't work in a movie. So we restructured so that they're flashbacks and you get uh, you see portions of her backstory. So you understand where she's coming from. But, yeah, it was very difficult because you want to be careful. And especially you don't want to be triggering people that have been trafficked. So you have to be very cautious in how you do it. We were we tried very hard to be sensitive uh, but true to the story. So the major scenes, um, like the foot washing scene, those things that are so important to show the love of God are in there. Uh, we wanted to make sure those are in there. And there's one scene where she goes on the stage. People that have read the book, they'll know what I'm talking about. The DJ really put that together, and it's, it gives me goosebumps every time I see it. It's just so beautifully done. Um, and, you know, in a movie, you can't have God speaking to you. But in the book, you know, Michael is hearing God's voice. He's God is instructing him. And then Angel is hearing Satan's lies. Mm. You can't have that in a movie. So I'm really hoping that people will read the book and get the whole story of what's happening in their minds and the spiritual battle that's going on from the beginning to the end. How was it working? You mentioned DJ Caruso. How was it working uh, to bring your story to life with DJ? Oh, it was it was really fun. You know, it was actually his wife. It's usually the wife that says, you know, that she read the book and gave it to her husband. <laughs> and that's what happened in this case. She was up here in Sonoma County at a retreat and somebody gave her the book and she read it and she took it home to DJ. And she said, you have got to make this into a movie. And then he read the book and said, oh, yeah, because they're strong. They have strong faith. These um, So it was great working with him. Um, it was very easy to work with him because we just have this good communication of what we wanted to do. And and the heart of the story was the most important thing. Make sure that God is at the very center and that people will hopefully understand that, that it's all about God's love and how he wins us to himself. Can you tell us a little bit about the cast of Redeeming Love and what that was like trying to cast people for this movie? Oh, the auditions were really fun to watch. Uh, Abigail Cohen plays uh, Angel. And the first time we saw her in the audition, we knew she was Angel. She's just a gorgeous young woman, very talented actor. Michael was harder to find because we couldn't find any American actors who could pull off pure, you know, that purity huh. that, that, yeah. uh, where he's waiting for his wife. And Tom Lewis plays Michael. He's a, a British actor, classically trained extremely talented and he uh he had read the book twice i think before he did the audition with with dj 
And he just, he has a way of showing the different nuances of, of emotion in his face. Very, very talented young actor. So I'm tickled. I'm, I'm just delighted with who they chose for the two leads. Did they look like, I'm sure when you wrote the book, like you pictured these characters, right? When they walked into the room, was it like, oh, they look exactly like I had imagined them all these years or not quite? Well, they to me they do, but I think with um, with writing a novel, I with Angel, I described her pretty pretty extensively, but I didn't. Mm. I don't think I described Michael quite that much because people tend to create their own hero in their own mind. So how I would picture him might be different how somebody else would. <laughs> Um, one of the critiques that I, uh, read often, I guess, when I did look at critiques was that the story, it romanticizes trauma. But what I'm hearing is, uh, like you said, the heart of God is at the heart of this story. And it's more about romanticizing redemption, maybe showing that God redeems the most traumatic of situations. That's exactly the message. It is definitely not romanticizing uh, any kind of trauma or what happens uh, to Angel. If anything, it shows the evilness of the Duke is the character that is, he's personifying Satan Mm -hmm. in the book. And in the book, he's still alive at the end uh, because Satan's still alive and, and moving in the world. You know, he's, He's defeated, but he's angry and lashing out, and he's going to do as much damage as he possibly can, especially to God's people. But in in the movie, I think people will be happy at the ending of Duke. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, what do you hope that yeah. uh, the audience will uh, respond, and or how do you hope the audience will respond to this? I hope people will walk out of the theater just if they don't know Jesus, that they will want to know him and that they'll investigate. They'll seek him. And if they seek him, they'll find him. That's been, you know, at the heart of this whole project is to try to open hearts and for God and tell them that there, there is a God and he loves you and he wants you to love him back. Maybe a great open door for people to take friends to, right? And start those conversations with them then. Yes. Well, it's the same thing with fiction. You know, fiction is never intended to replace the real thing. It's intended to be a bridge to bring people back into scripture and to see what's there. It gives, you know, and it also can be a tool for people because, you you know, there are a lot of people that don't want to hear about Jesus and they don't want to read the Bible, but they'll read a novel or they'll go to a movie. And so that's a way to um, draw them in and then have a conversation with them. Talk about things that are that are deeper and more important. They're, you know, the most important decision people will ever make in their life is who they say Jesus is. That has eternal perspective to it. Redeeming Love, it's expected in theaters January 21st. That's coming up just around the corner. What are you looking forward to the most this film? Oh, my. (laughs) I'm seeing it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I've seen the I've seen the uh, the final draft of it on on a computer screen, but for me it'll be a thrill to see it on the big screen. Wow, and that's just, gonna be pretty amazing. Yeah, just the, just the hope that people will uh, really understand what the basis is, what the heart of the story is, and yearn for that relationship with Jesus. That's my hope. 
Thank you so much for making time for us today. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity. And thank you so much for listening and for joining us today. Remember, if you want to listen to this conversation in full again, or if you just want to listen to any of the other conversations that we've had on Connections, you could do that by checking out our podcast, Connections with Mike, Tom, and Colleen Hood. You can find that at podcastville.ca or wherever else you get your favorite podcast from. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.